This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermova. And today in episode 217, we're going to continue our conversation about ChatGPT. And this week, uh, my guest, Randy Smith, and I are going to be talking about 10 ways to use ChatGPT in your homeschool. So welcome back, Randy. Thank you. I'm excited to hear your ideas today. So if you weren't... If you haven't listened to the last two weeks, if you have no idea what ChatGPT is, please go back and listen to episode 215. And then last week in episode 216, Randy and I talked about where we, how we think ChatGPT is going to change the landscape of education in general. And we also talked about what that meant to us as homeschool parents. So today we're going to drill down into 10 specific ways that you can use it in your homeschool. There are obviously lots and lots more than this, but we are just giving you very specific examples. We'll hopefully give you ideas on how you can actually take it and use it in your own homes. Randy, by the way, you can find her on Instagram at peanut butter fish lessons. <laughs> I've got the whole thing out. <laughs> and uh, that's where that's where I kind of keep up with what she's doing and also on her website. And she does she does create fantastic directions packets and um, other things spe- specifically for younger um, age students. And then her great uh, media literacy, she's got one on media bias packet that you can use for um, upper elementary, middle school, high school age. So do go and look at those too. So we're going to dive right in because we have a lot to talk about. What we're going to do is uh, Randy's going to give one idea, I'm going to give one idea, and we're going to go back and forth through the 10. So Randy, all over to you. What's your first idea? Sure. And I created these mostly for 6th to 12th grade, since you're really supposed to be over 18 to be using ChatGPT. So I did not go yeah. too young on these. But this this one is kind of one of my younger ones. Rewrite a fairy tale in two new ways. So you can ask ChatGPT to write three little pigs but where the wolf is the good guy so rewrite a fairy tale two new ways change out who the good guy and bad guy is and change out what the setting is and then to get your kids participating a little more they can actually go through and circle or highlight the words and phrases that show this change in the story so i thought that'd be a fun thing for kids to do Okay, so my first one, I'm going to stick with also a younger age one too, and something that I did is you can actually um, get Jack GPT to rewrite something for a specific reading level. And I want to see if I can just quickly pull it up here. Um, okay, now it's giving me errors. Of course, it's it's still glitchy. That's always the problem with, with Jack GPT because there are so many people using it and mm-hmm. um, they don't have enough people uh, don't you know don't they can't really cope with this all okay wait I have it here so I went on to uh, Wikipedia and I cut and pasted the first sort of large piece about John Adams and I asked it to write it for a um, a seven-year-old and 
and get it up here now it was fantastic it turned into it started off with like you know the wikipedia was um john adams was an american statesman attorney diplomat writer and founding father who served as second president blah 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 chat gpt said john adams was a very important person in america a long time ago he was the second president of the United States and helped the country become free from England. And so it rewrote it at the, at, at the correct level. And I just thought that this was a great way of differentiated reading. So you know, even if you wanted to discuss something with all your children, you've got children of different ages, you can maybe find an interesting article, um, you know, whether it's about jellyfish or whatever it is, and you can put it into chat GPT and spew out a version that will be right for each of your children. So there's my first idea. I love that. I wondered if it could do that and hadn't played with it. But yes, I, that my, was my last yesterday. I was sitting and playing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Yes, yeah. I did wonder because my former life was a speech language therapist. So that is just huge in the special ed community to be able to do that. All right, let's stick with the whole kind of English language arts. So a lot of times kids will be given a vocabulary list based on roots, you know, maybe some Latin roots. And instead of like teaching them the vocabulary, I thought they could explore it with chat GPT. So you give your child 10 words, maybe you're using the prefix by, and all the words start with by, biannual, bicycle, whatever, and have your kids put each word into chat GPT and ask for a definition, ask chat GPT to write a couple sentences about the word, then maybe you're child will have learned enough, they can write a sentence about their own life using the word, have chat GPT, you know, give you synonyms, antonyms, prefixes, roots, suffixes, all that kind of stuff. And your child still has to integrate the information and maybe, you know, they're making a little drawing on their paper about what they're learning. And when I was playing with this, I found out that ChatGPT is not always correct because I asked it to find the prefix, root, and suffix for biannual. And it told me the root was by, meaning to, so it knew the meaning, that the prefix was by, meaning to, and that the suffix was annual, meaning year. So this would be good for students to go through and be like, no, I know enough about this that annual I know is the root. And so it gives them, they've got to do some more critical thinking and see if ChatGPT gave them the right information. Okay. So yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm going to um, move on to something kind of similar to that as well, sticking again with the English, but this time using ChatGPT to write an essay for a novel. So um, I, I, I teach a Jane Austen class, and so I decided to go on to ChatGPT, this was just after it came out, and asked it to write an essay on pride, um, based on Pride and Prejudice. And it did, and the first essay it wrote was fairly good, but it didn't have any reference to the actual book, and so I went back and told it, could you please, now that's the interesting thing, you can have these chats with it. And I said, well, could you now redo that, but actually... Um, you know, have some references to the novel, please. <laughs> and so it did. And it then, you know, sort of had that as well. And it was it was interesting because it actually compared Darcy and Mr. Bingley as them both having pride and different types of pride. Instead of mm. you, the typical way would be um, Darcy and Elizabeth. <laughs> or, you mm -hmm. know, so it was interesting the two characters they picked. But, and this, I must say, this idea came from other teachers and university professors that I've seen talking about how to rather lean in and use ChatGPT instead of banning it. They said, if you actually say, here we go, here is the essay, an essay that it generated. Now, 
What do you think? Do you agree? Would you have picked mm-hmm. different characters? Do you and 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 get them to dissect an essay that it has written? Could you think of a different part in the book that also supports what they're saying? Um, you know, write a rebuttal to this, you know, whatever. And actually yes. start off with something that ChatGPT has created. And it'll be a whole lot harder for them to do that with uh, AI. It'll be easier for them to actually just do it by themselves because they're having to analyze it and talk back and say, you know, could they have come up with a better one? You you, you, you know, it's just there, there are a lot of options with that. Right. It's their way to work with the information and right. interact with them. Exactly. Okay. Number five for you. So I started playing with history topics. If I just put in a history topic, what could it give me? And I realized that I kept having to go layer by layer. If I said, give me 10, write an outline of 10 items under this topic, those were still big picture. And then I picked one of those and had it write, you know, 10 topics under this. Well, those were smaller, but they were still big picture. So what I started thinking about was how you could do mind maps for a history topic. You know, if you picture like the circles with the lines connecting information. So in the middle, maybe of World War II, and then you have all these lines to circles off of that, different topics under World War II, and then a topic off of that, World War, you know, under that type of thing, like European theater. Um, And you could use that to just start a whole bunch of research or to brainstorm for a topic for an essay or a research project. All right. (laughs) Number six. Okay, I'm sticking with essays, but this is a different way around. You as a homeschool mom, you could use it to grade essays. Mm -hmm. I tried it with this because I had one student who um, was really late. um, I teach a writing mechanics class. And I ended up having to grade last semester's work this semester. And so um, obviously, uh, and it was his fault, not my fault. And so I was not feeling terribly happy about it. So I decided, well, let me see if ChatGPT can help me. And I put the essay in. Um, I think it's a harsh grade. I told him what grade he was mm-hmm. and I asked for a grade. So um, he can be happy that I felt a little more kindly than ChatGPT did because I actually think it's a little harsh. So I would, if if you're using it right now, it may improve in future, but I would think at least a half grade up. So um, what I did do this morning was I took one of my best students and I put her, from a couple of years back and I put her essay in and it gave her a B plus. She'd done this as an eighth grader. It's meant for class, ideally for sort of eighth through 10th graders, just getting their writing skills um, where they should be before you sort of go into more more in-depth essays in high school. And I thought a B plus was rather harsh for the fact that she was an eighth grader. I thought it was a solid A essay. So um, it does always give feedback though, which is helpful. So it tells you if it's like the fact that this one student, I actually used most of ChatGPT's feedback because I agreed with it and it was just quick. I just gave him a little bit higher grade than what they had. But it's it's one of them that complained about his organizational skills. In another one, he just made sort of wild statements and he um, he hadn't actually supported it with any kind of fact. So it it was it was really specific. But this the the good student who who's I put in, I asked it to eventually give me um, could it tell me how she could improve in her grammar because it hadn't really given any negatives, and so it gave me more. And this is the thing you can keep going with this chat. It remembers what you've talked about. So um, 
I, I then said to her, okay, so how could, you know, is there any grammar? And it gave up just some generic ideas. And then it had said that she could um, improve on her vocabulary. And I asked, could you give an example on how they could improve on their vocabulary? And I had a laugh. I said, here's an example. She'd written, coding teaches you perseverance. It rephrased it as, programming inculcates in individuals the attribute of tenacity. <laughs> so... I definitely think but, my eighth grade yeah. student, I prefer her version. First of all, it was in yes, active. <laughs> Theirs was passive. So mm -hmm. chat GPT needs to learn that you don't use passive unless you have a good reason. And you use also as few words as you can. Mm -hmm. And you want to use um, powerful words. Just using fancy vocabulary does not make for a good essay which is where we're coming in with this still has to be used with caution mm -hmm. um and so the fact that they gave her a b plus because she didn't write a sentence like that obviously wasn't relevant so um i had originally given her an a and i would still have given her an a so you can sort of push back and ask chat gpt why and then disagree and so please do not use this as a final grade at this stage do see why it doesn't like it and and you know you can overrule it but it was helpful to me to at least know that it shouldn't be lower than that and to give some feedback without me having to sit there and write the feedback, I could just cut and paste because what um, they were saying was was really good. And I love that because one of my boys is not great at the editing process. It's a go we're working on. But now I'm seeing I can have him go through and then let's ask ChatGPT what it thinks. Yes. And get some feedback that yes. way. Right. Number seven. All right. I asked ChatGPT to create a science lab on a specific topic. And so then I thought, well, this would be good for a student to then go through and see what they think of the science lab and, you know, give them specific things. Do you think, you know, the objective is one you can obtain? Did it give you all the right materials that you would need? What do you think of the procedure? Could you go through these steps to, you know, work towards the objective? And what I asked it to do was to investigate the rocky planets of the solar system. And it set up a lab for me to actually measure the actual planets with a ruler. Um, and so obviously, hopefully you would realize you cannot, you know, measure the actual planets with a ruler and determine their <laughs> diameter. So it was just kind of fun to see what it would give for a lab and have students go through and figure out, you know, where there might be some breakdowns in what they were given. You can see we're having far too much fun with all this. Right. My number my number eight is not nearly so exciting as yours. I thought that was a, a hilarious use of it. Um, but you can see how you can really teach, you know, critical thinking skills, mm -hmm. even when Absolutely. it doesn't come up with good answers. You can use it to create tests. Um, and you could also, even if you find a test online, you can ask for an answer key. Again, I would say this needs to be about something you know something about. So I mm -hmm. used it for Science Olympiad. We had a um, a test and hadn't yet supplied us. We'd, we'd gone away and done a um, an invitational at another school and they hadn't supplied us with the answer key. Now, fortunately, um, I'm not really good at, at all the science. It was wave theory, but I had a mom with us who's been helping me and she did know this. And so she wasn't sure about some of the answers. And so I got ChatGPT to solve some of the calculations. 
well, fortunately, it explains how it's solving it. And she took one look at it and went, yeah, no, that's not right. <laughs> and then we got the answer key and she was right. No, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So you do have to be cautious. However, if it's going to be something, you know, fairly straightforward that you know about, you know, you want to know, you know, how much does it, you know, do, do a test for eighth grade on the American Revolution, you probably would be able to tell if it's answering something that's completely incorrect, especially if you've been, you know, doing it with your child. And for younger children, reading comprehension, you know, you could cut and paste a passage from something and you could ask, you know, can you create five questions, reading comprehension mm-hmm. questions? So it's just, you know, if you're trying to sort of create your own curriculum, et cetera, or it's something specific you want to use, or you're working on a particular skill, it really can save you a lot of time by, you know, doing it for you. Okay, I number like nine. That. Well, I just want to piggyback real yeah. quick. I have found if you ask it for stuff about old books, Romeo and Juliet, Jane Austen, it's got a lot of material to pull from and can give you good questions or essays or whatever. But if you ask for a newer book, it'll just tell you it's not familiar right. with the text of that book. So that was interesting. All right. Number nine, I decided I wanted to try some kind of foreign language thing that might be different than just like going to Google Translate. So I asked it to write captions for 10 pictures that I might have taken on a field trip. So personalizing it to the students. Mm -hmm. I just put in the Grand Canyon, which isn't super personal, um, and have it write captions in a specific language. So in Spanish was the one I was doing. And then I thought you could have your student then tell you through this process of creating this of 10, 20, whatever new words or phrases they learned through this process. So again, it would be a way to learn some new Spanish vocabulary around a topic that was very personal to them instead of just like, here's your food vocabulary and here's your zoo animal vocabulary. And back to you. All right. And yeah, that's, I, I thought that was great. Definitely using it all, you know, using the foreign language side of things is, is, is a great way to actually play around with foreign language. I'm sure there's more, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that um, some of the funder funder teachers will come on and, you know, as the year goes on, be able to come up with lots of ideas mm. in their specific topics, you know, um, going to challenge my Spanish teacher to see if she can come up with more mm-hmm. ideas on how yes. to use it and um, chemistry teacher and all the rest. Um, because I'm, I'm sure that, you know, in your own field, we can start to come up with, with more ideas. Now, the last one I'm going to come up with here, number 10, is generating a lesson plan on something you want to teach your children. And I asked for two different things, one for older ones, somewhere, one for younger ones. I first said, give some fun ideas for teaching about cells. Well, in fact, this could go for younger and older. And it gave really good ideas. Um, cell model building. Have students build a model of a cell using edible materials like jello to re- represent different cell parts. It said a cell treasure hunt where students search for clues and complete tasks related to cell structure and function. This would work for slightly older kids. A cell rap or song, have them create a rap or song mm. on different parts of the cell. Um, cell art, use paper mache or draw on color. Um, a virtual cell tour. And it, obviously this, you'd have to like Google to find it, but I know there are those kind of things where you can actually use, you know, um, you can find software online that will actually take you through a cell. Um, cell Jeopardy, create a Jeopardy style game. And it carried on like that. And it just gave me 10 ideas on teaching cells. Then I came up and said said to it, okay, how about some um, some fun games, fun ways to teach vocabulary words? 
And it gave some really fun ways like word scramble, scramble the letters of the vocabulary words and have students unscramble them to guess the word. Mm. Um, it had charades, have students act out vocabulary words without speaking. Um, while the rest of the family, well, this is their classmates, obviously, but you could do the family, try to guess what they're representing. Um, you know, word bingo, create bingo cards. And there are sites online where you can do that with the vocabulary words. And then you give the definition and they've got to find the word on their bingo chart. Uh, word matching, obviously, the word and the definition on two different cards and they have to match the two up. And so it, it went on. And it's it's just great because when you sometimes just like, I can't think of a way to do things. This is why mm -hmm. like, I, I'm starting Absolutely. to just, if I'm not thrilled with the way one of my lessons worked at, um, at co-op in previous years, I can come up with another idea. And it just gives those ideas. And even if you don't do exactly one of theirs, one of their ideas may come, you know, bring something else to mind that, you know, will work. So I just think that this is the end of, me really struggling to come up with ideas anymore and I just there was just so many because many of those type of ideas that's exactly what I like to do in both my online classes and my live classes is exactly my style and I think you know once you use as we talked about using the right words so that you can get out what you're looking for but when I added the word fun in you know it started to give me really creative ideas on mm, what to do okay so, so fun I'm sure being like a keyword you know and I'm thinking like creative engaging you know I want to try mm -hmm. those different words but yeah those who've done my online classes will know that um, in economics right now they've just had to create an economic song <laughs> so <laughs> it was before chat gpt I was coming up with these things all by myself so now it might they, they might just come up with even more wacky ideas that um, I get them to do and it streamlines Google searching for all those ideas because you're not clicking through a bunch of exactly. different articles. Even if your second step is to take an idea and then see what you find exactly. in Google for details, it just cuts so it, much of that research time out. Exactly. And and here's just, okay, this is just a bonus one. It, it, it fits in with you as a homeschool parent more than homeschooling, but um, you can ask it for recipes and then you don't have mm. to read through how somebody's life had gone <laughs> on the day that they wrote that recipe out. You don't have to have 20 million pictures and you don't have to have all the advertisements nice. that are helping them make the money. Um, and so I'm going to try tonight. We'll see. I I was at Trader Joe's. They had wild caught fresh pollock, which I had no idea what to do with. And ChatGPT has given me a recipe. So <laughs> All right. our, we have a, um, a Facebook group called the Homeschooling with Technology Community. I would suggest you guys come and, uh, and join it. And I will share after I have uh, done that, after this one airs, I will tell you how my recipe turned out following their instructions. It's a really simple recipe, so I can't really mess it up, but I will tell yeah. you how how successful I was in following all the instructions. So, And that would be a great group for brainstorming even more ideas of what to do with chat GPT and yes. people to and share what they that, might think of. That the group will, will do that because there's just so many, just back to the recipes, you can you can get it to generate, I haven't done this, but I know I've read other people doing this, but you can get it to generate um, your shopping list from recipes. Nice. You, could, you could ask it for, you know, a number of recipes one for each day of the week and then ask it to generate the shopping list for the whole week so just mm. think how much time that would save you because mm -hmm. my problem is always trying to think of recipes uh you know and making those lists and i'm thinking other people could then help out with the uh 
the workload of planning meals and shopping. Yes, yes, you could have <laughs> different child each week. This me. is your week. You can use ChatGPT. You can use anything yes. you like. Just work out the exactly, exactly. Yes, even the husband could use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my house, my husband is the is the innovative cook. So yeah, no, that's he not he here. he does he does all. I'm the one who'll be using ChatGPT. He's the one who's being creative. Well, Randy, this was another fun discussion. Um, thank you so much for uh, giving so much time to us and just sharing some of the ideas that you've had. And I love your ideas. I've made notes of things I'm going to do. Maybe even today we have to edit a poem we wrote. So <laughs> I might use chat GPT for that. There you go. And thank you all for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really ask if you would give it a rating and a review. This really helps us to be found. And um, particularly with ChatGPT, this is a topic that homeschoolers are just starting to explore. So I'm sure it will also help if you could share this, you know, share this on your social media, um, email a friend, tell a friend when you see them in real life this week to listen in. This would really help uh, the podcast to get known. And as I said, come and join us in the Facebook group. The link to the Facebook group and also to where you can find Randy and um, show sponsor, Funder Funder, all of that will all be um, in the show notes, which you can find at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. So that's it for this week. Thanks again, Randy. It's a great privilege having you on the show again. Thank you. And thank you for, for listening in. And I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.